Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. I am your host, Carlos Diaz. to the show we're very happy today it's another friday we're ready to take off the dress code even though we're at home we're still wearing our suits we're trying to act like we have a reason to get ready for something uh no further ado i want to introduce uh sampath sampath is the ceo of teja software and uh sampath welcome to the show we're so happy to have you today can you tell us a little bit about yourself Thank you, Carlos. Thanks uh, for the opportunity. Appreciate uh, you doing this on a Friday. Like you said, you know, we are all trying to unwind and uh, take off for the weekend, but uh, this is an important topic, so I'm happy to contribute. Um, uh, hello, everyone. My name is Sampath Khanan. I'm the CEO and founder of Tejas Software. Uh, we are a software company focusing on e-commerce and retailers providing end-to-end solutions. Awesome. Awesome. No, that sounds great. No, th- thank you, Sampath. We appreciate your time. Where do you see, from, from your standpoint, right, from all your years of experience in retail, where do you see retail going forward as we start, you know, getting back to a normal, I guess, if we can call it that? I think it's more of a new normal, right? So what do you think that new normal is going to look like from a retail standpoint? So there are two aspects to it, right? So, you know, when, when when they open up everything, what are they really, you know, trying to achieve? And as you know, retailers have been going through a lot of challenges, uh, not just because of the coronavirus, uh, because of uh, e-commerce and other, you know, store uh, uh, traffic going down in the last yeah, few yeah, years. Yeah, the brick and border market is just going down scale and it's been going down scale for the past couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And the one thing that I am also seeing from a retailer's perspective, even though those stores are closed, people are still buying. So to my personal experience, and I've been buying stuff on different places online, not just Amazon or anything, you know, we were able to order it in any retailers. And then, you know, the only thing that we saw was it was delayed in terms of shipping. You had to wait longer than the normal one or two days, but you know, that's okay, right? Uh, we still are very able to get it. And even for groceries, we order online and then uh, we were able to get it. Initially, it was a three, four days delay, but uh, we were able to plan for it. But then it became like, hey, I'll, I'll deliver it in, you know, two hours, right? Uh, yeah. We got to, uh, you know, we ordered in uh, a few different places. They all delivered it in uh, within an hour or so, which was really good. And the Uber kind of uh, approach for delivery has helped a lot in Stuttgart and other places, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the first aspect to that is, how many people are going to come back to come, you know, to walk into a store, do all these things, now that they have a little idea of how it will work with online, like for example, grocery, which is what, 
we typically do on a weekend um, you know over and over but yeah, now if you feel comfortable ordering it online and having somebody else uh, um, somebody else uh, deliver it to you i would rather do that for two reasons not because i don't want to go into the store uh, i would i would want to go into the stores but that is going to rob the opportunity for the people who are going to deliver and pick and pack uh uh their uh, you know their um, earning and living so i want yeah. to kind of support it for, at least for that aspect so people like this who have helped us in these tough times can actually continue to get some work and we support them because employment is going to be a big uh, question mark when everything gets back oh, yeah. and um, i i want to kind of support some of these people so even if it costs me a little bit more i still want to do it you know that's how i look at it yeah. and i'm okay to go into a store i don't have any problem i have been to a store in the last couple of weeks but that's one aspect that i would want to do and i think everybody would want to do it so we all can kind of share and uh, help each other on on your perception is that on on the first aspect that we're talking about uh the the market overall right the consumers the customers they're going to start engaging the home delivery methods uh more and more and spending that the, those couple of extra dollars even as things start to reopen uh you foresee that that's going to kind of become the new trend right yeah as i uh, yeah that is what i uh, see happening you know uh, the, you know there is also another uh, aspect to that mm-hmm. even if the retailers have to open and they have to go through all this cleaning and the, it is reduced the time uh, that they can open and uh, it is also putting a lot of overhead on them and the, there are people or at least the industry is on a whole trying to make sure that they don't get sued for people getting sick because they came to their shop and yeah, there is yeah. no way they will be able to completely eliminate it because you know you can only do so much cleaning and that also adds to their cost and then reduced hours is meaning you know less uh, you know time slot for you to sell so it is going to increase the cost anyways and they were under pressure even before uh, against the e-commerce retailer that uh, you know competes with the price it is going to make a really big difference for people to you know say hey i want to go to the store but i'm going to pay more but instead if we all order it online spend that extra money that will help people who deliver or who work in the uh, in our supply chain and the logistics area so we can still get what we want it's unfortunate all these big box retailers are not going to have enough traffic but again it is going to be on their best interest too so i think that is going to be a critical need and a portion of how it is going to come back mhm mhm and the other thing that i have seen um uh, is where retailers who were able to adapt to the situation quicker have come come stronger come out stronger right and yeah. uh, you know we talk about target we talk about uh, walmart and costco they all have this pretty you know pretty well figured out even before the covid situation they were kind of prepared for in general but they were able to scale it pretty quick because of the infrastructures that they have invested over the years and you know their online sales are going up and up so 
the stores are closed yes but their online sales are up right and that is going to continue to do it even in a lot of those retailers that you're talking about uh it was impressive to see how quickly they got the concept of a curbside right i mean it was almost like an overnight change and they were ready to go and rock and roll and i think i've seen they've made adjustments here and there but it's more of an operational logistics adjustment rather than than the platform adjustment right or technology technological adjustment yeah absolutely right and also i have was able to see and appreciate the length that some of these retailers have gone into making this system more user friendly and uh-huh. also uh, uh, make it very easy for the customers to know to what's going on so i ordered online with a couple of uh, stores and uh, they both were engaging the same third party vendor to deliver but there was a big difference in uh, uh, one of them where i was able to get status updates very frequently so mm-hmm. one provider one of the retailers costco yeah they once they, once i placed the order they were able to send me text and messages and say hey now john is ready to pick up your order so that came in first then as as and when they were picking and putting it into the cart if they did they came across something that was not available i was immediately sent a message saying this item is not available and this is not this is cancelled from your order so i knew exactly what they were able to pick and pack and mm-hmm. i was expecting exactly what they said they would do nice But, uh, so, so know, they were keeping when, you real time updated on their entire supply chain process the customer it's so gratifying to make the drive and know exactly what you're going to get versus make the drive and get there and have the disappointment of only 3 out of your 10 items got fulfilled no yeah absolutely right so the good thing about uh, the, the the whole experience is i was able to clearly see who is ahead of the game because i placed the order exactly at the same time for both uh, providers Mm-hmm, Costco mm-hmm. was sending me all these updates, and then I knew when they were going to come. And they say, "Hey, the driver is uh, on the way. He'll be there in 10 minutes or 15 minutes uh, for to deliver." Uh, whereas the other provider did provide some updates, but we didn't know what exactly they were delivering. Yeah, you didn't know but what to expect hours. when you were going to get that delivery, right? Exactly, and you know, even though we were able to, you know, they gave us a delivery window. the other provider was not able to tell us what was picked and what was really being delivered and to our disappointment we had to go through our own list and find that there were two things that were missing from our original order so the other uh, thing was we went back to the order we will we only were able to see what was delivered but not what was ordered so we really had to go by our list that we had um, internally yeah, yeah you have to, to see your own reconciliation and your own shopping right i mean that's that's exactly yeah who's going <laughs> and then the, the other thing is i had to go to, to the uh, sorry no i'm saying the whole point of shopping is that you don't have to work you know you're already spending your money you don't want to have to spend your value. yeah absolutely <laughs> right it's not only that in this situation uh, mm-hmm. the initial transaction of authorization was for 94 dollars or something but then if we add up it 
probably is only $86 that we should be charged. So I didn't know what was, you know, if they had accounted for that or not. So I was constantly checking my credit card statement and then, you know, I, I don't find <laughs> I forgot. And wow. then a week later, I looked at the credit card statement just to make sure that they charged me correct. Mm-hmm. And they did charge me correctly for the $86 or something, but I didn't know it for a long time. And this is, you know, not a big deal with six, $8, but I was not comfortable with that approach. And then I had to really do a lot of work on top of what I had to pay for them, which I didn't mind. But yeah. that is what, you know, makes uh, you, you know, that's what separates you from you no, know, no, absolutely. It makes, it makes a huge difference, right? Because if your shopping experience is not wonderful, if you don't leave that shopping experience feeling great about it, then the biggest problem comes, right? Which is you're not going to be a repeat customer. Because I, I, I'm sure that if you have the option to buy that same product between Costco and your great experience versus the other provider right? Even if the other provider has it on sale, you'll probably more than likely, just like most consumers, be willing to spend those couple extra dollars for an amazing experience. Absolutely. I think that you put it right. Yeah, no, no, no. I hear you. I hear you. And so talking about curbside pickup, uh, I, you know, I've been talking to this with so many people and there's so many different arguments between, oh, curbside is literally uh, ropas and bopas, you know, it's the exact same thing. What's the difference? We've had this for years and years, right? But I personally feel like it's it's a completely different concept and it has a completely different scalability. Uh, but but I, I don't want to, I guess, persuade your point of view. So, so I would like to get your point of view on what the difference is between those from your experience, from your from your mind, I think those are very similar, but there is a big difference at the last point, right? Mm-hmm. So when you talk about boxes and droppies, you are literally the customer who orders the stuff. Literally walks into a store and then they go to a specific area in the store and tell them that they are here to pick up. So the product that they have offered, uh, um, they they have bought online, has already been picked up and has already been packed and everything kept ready in a specific space. And you just go there and it's an easier transaction. And then you pay for it or you already paid for it. And then you pick it up and just walk out, right? That is the typical uh, boppies and droppies. Mm-hmm. With the customer mm-hmm. pickup, the customer is not going inside. That's the big difference, and that makes a lot of uh, you know uh, difference in terms of how the logistics work. You now, as a store, pick and pack and keep it ready, but then you have to coordinate that delivery, which is uh, you know in the curbside when the customer don't come inside. You have to go to the customer. So that can actually be multiple customers at the same time. That means you should have multiple people picking it from the store, go to the place where the customer is, and then um, deliver it to them. So this is very critical piece of uh, the process because you want to pick up the right package, go to the right person and deliver it. That completes the purchase for the uh, customer. 
mm-hmm. i've seen grocery stores uh, designate specific areas in the parking lot where you go and park it there and call them and say hey this is my order number this is where i am standing this is the you know area they come to this place and then you know give it the you know give you the uh, product so this is this has been working this has been working even before the covid situation in in, in my you know area grocery stores and other places uh-huh, uh-huh. but because of covid the traffic the and the number of the people traffic has increased tremendously no exactly so that actually poses a different challenge right so if let's imagine a parking lot with 100 different cars standing in their designated areas and obviously now you have to make these areas designated so you can allow other people to be just parking it there otherwise you will be you know not able to service the customers who really order online you don't want just somebody to just park it there and walk into the store spend 30 40 minutes inside the store but you have taken up the parking lot space and that is going to be another logistical nightmare for these retailers and the other thing that i was thinking and i think that is probably becoming more and more uh, needed at the current hour is drive throughs you know we have all seen drive throughs in uh, you know restaurants or you know like starbucks but i think eventually all these retailers big box retailers or big grocery store chains mm-hmm. should start doing a, a drive through pickup it's almost like the pharmacy drive through okay. i think that's yeah. going to be a real need for these uh, retailers where they offer a drive through experience which will make it much more simpler because once somebody comes through and say hey you know it's almost like you order uh, in a in a typical mcdonald or or in a starbucks you mm-hmm. go to a space and tell that you are here and this is your order number and they look at it and say yep driver drive over and they you know tell you whether it has been charged or not charged and then you drive over to the area where somebody will be ready with your package and then you just uh, take it and drive over right so i think that's going to be the long term uh, you know um, play for a lot of these retailers where they start um, you know providing drive through areas for these places and that's going to be much more organized and uh, you know instead of you employing multiple people to go to the parking lot to um, deliver to the car and things like that this is probably going to be much much more efficient and this will make it really good for people you know on a rainy day or a snow day you know you don't want your stuff to be on the snow and the rain before it gets into your car and then people all scramble you know it's it's going to be real messy if a lot of people are going to be doing this yeah 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 no absolutely and and also i think that uh, the delivery option that you're talking about I, i that's awesome that's really interesting and and i think that also opens the door to the stores starting to function a little bit more like a like a miniature warehouse right where if you have that delivery section the whole section of the store can be focused towards that right similar to the pharmacy concept that you're talking about and they can actually have some some small area of their warehouse inside the store that they use primarily for fulfillment right so not only can that help them 
in the delivery process, but also even to eventually connect that and integrate that in order to do quicker fulfillment uh, through online purchases, right? So that they can start competing against the Amazon and the Walmart in regards to the speed of delivery that people are starting to get accustomed to, no? No, absolutely, right? And uh, I, I think that's going to help the customers and also the retailers and uh, keep the cost down so they can anticipate and have people uh, wait in the designated areas. It's almost like replicating what Boppis and Ropis did um, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they can just extend that uh, to say, hey, you know, if it is uh, drive-through and uh, pick up, Go to this place, and that cannot, you know, that can be very closer to what they are doing today with Boppies and Ropis. So I think that's going to work out, and eventually it is just a logistic thing, and they have to designate an area where it can be drivable, and there is a clear outlet to go out, right? And uh, if there are bigger packages, they have to come out, which probably is okay. So those are some of the things that the retailers need to think through and uh, work on, and that's going to be also helping people, right? And eventually, you know, e-commerce is going to grow leaps and bounds, right? Even, oh, yeah. even though that's oh, yeah. what it, has been it's happening. It's going to have to, right? To your point, either it's going to be a swing or swim situation for a lot of these companies out there. Right, right. No, absolutely. And again, you talked about the integration and the systems. You know, I have seen this model work across multiple retailers, especially in Europe, where they have converted these big box uh, retailers or brick and mortar retailers as, you know, stores as also a warehouse kind of situation where there are people who are picking from the stores, uh, you know, for orders that are placed online and they ship it from the stores. So that model will be expanded, uh, you know, in a big way in the stores where, uh, you know, that's what Instacart and other people are doing. So they just go around, pick it up and then deliver. And that can also be a store operation where the stores can engage and employ people to just do just that. Or, you know, even before they put it into the shelf, they can route some of these things to uh, the area where they have to pack it. So there are going to be more process uh, um, improvements and efficiencies that is going to come into play. And it's going to change the way that these people start their, uh, you know, um, the, the, the shelves. Correct. The way they stock them and the entire operational process, right? I mean, pretty much in essence, we're talking about extending the supply chain process beyond the store, which, which would be amazing, you know? Correct. And also, you don't have to self, you know, put everything into the shelf. If we are, you know, processing 50% of your order to be delivered, you can just, uh, you know, keep those 50% in a designated area and they can, uh, you know, use that efficiency to use less labor to put it into the shelf. There's going to be a lot of these things coming up and uh, they are going to learn, but the, you know, whoever has figured out first and have a good system to get all these things will be much more successful because they, they, it's a reduced cost on their part and they will be able to offer the prices, uh, the, uh, the products at the same prices or a little bit more instead of increasing it to a higher value, which will dissuade the customers to even buy it from them, right? So I think that's going to be the key, and it's going to be a a whole new way of working, either in stores or in warehouses, you know, however you want to do it. You know, people are going to have to rediscover their processes and how they want to 
showcase their value at and what value they bring in. But you know, I, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and as, as we're talking about it, I'm realizing it's, uh, I, I guess it's the first time I realized that this whole pandemic corona situation, I think it's going to have a complete positive effect uh, on retail, right? Not just not just textiles and clothing, but whether it's cars or groceries, as, as you're mentioning, because to your point, there was already a very noticeable decline in foot traffic across the board, right? So if anything, I feel like this coronavirus is forcing the companies and it's forcing the consumers to readapt in a way that's going to be beneficial for everybody, right? If you're going to have more people doing the curbside, then you're going to have less square footage that it's going to be utilized by customers, which means that will allow them to create use some of that square footage to create that warehouse area, right? And not having to go out and restock the aisles at the store as much, to your point. Uh, and ultimately, it's going to pretty much close the cycle where brick and border can now start becoming profitable once again. They can offer more jobs, maybe from a supply chain standpoint, but still more jobs. And they can satisfy the consumers that are continuously incrementing e-commerce and also the consumers that are going to now engage more strongly curbside because they're going to feel safer and because they're going to feel it's going to expedite the shopping process for them. No, yeah, so the, that's a great point, right? I was going to expand on that um, because now you don't need as much of that big space that you've been using because you have customers all the time. But the other side to that also is you don't have to um, take care of those spaces the same way that you would do it in a warehouse. So, for example, the lighting can be different. You don't have to have that space between those uh, items. Yeah, even the same your way fixtures, you have right? The cost of the fixtures and all that. Could fixtures, say. absolutely, right? So, you don't need those things. The other thing that I also see, you know, um, is you are absolutely right. This actually, uh, this pandemic has brought out a lot of positive things, uh, especially, you know, as a community, we, we support each other, we collaborate, not compete all the time. Mm-hmm. In this situation, if you look at it, hey, I don't need as much space. The other thing also that can happen is all these online retailers, if they want to cut costs, which is the last mile delivery, they can actually put this, uh, uh, you know, deliver all these things to your favorite grocery store or your favorite stores that you otherwise go. So that way you are not going to this place just for picking up uh, your um, uh, delivery for uh, what you order online. You go there, you get your groceries, you also get what you order online in one place. So the last mile delivery problem can be actually, uh, you know, solved with some of this collaboration. So UPS, for example, takes the truck, dumps a whole lot of things into one place, like a grocery store. And they put it in a way that they are able to associate with any other orders that they, you know, the customer has placed with the grocery stores or other retailers. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they can, you know, they can actually save costs by going to all these people's houses individually. 
So I think that is another aspect of this because collaboration is what is going to make it more efficient. And I think if you are going to go pick up your groceries, if you have ordered online, that data can be shared with either UPS or FedEx or all these carriers, even for that matter, USPS. Mm-hmm. that they'll be able to just deliver it there and then have it picked up uh, at the same time that your grocery can be. So yeah. they can yeah. save cost and they will be able to operate much more efficiently. But this all takes collaborations, not competition. So we can all come out stronger. And it is just a new way of life. You know, I wouldn't mind going to my grocery store and also pick up my Amazon package, for example. Yeah, no, of course. You're saving time. Eh? And time, Not that I think there's nothing more valuable in life than time. So, yeah, no, that's a very, very great point. If, it's a great opportunity to collaborate and in turn to streamline processes for the consumer, you know. Absolutely. And I think this and I hope some of these players take advantage of these situations to come out better and stronger and make things easier for the consumers and make it less disruptive for the whole consumer uh, as a, you know, uh, you know. So I think that I hope something really, really good comes out of this uh, cycle. I love all the points you're sharing with us. It's so true. And, and I love how refreshing it is to hear Uh, you know, somebody talking about all the positive things that can come out of this and all the positive angles uh, that can be capitalized from this uh, versus the typical situation where people are just freaking out and everybody's being, you know, like they tell the kids a negative Nelly, you know, Uh, but rather there's all this positive outcome. And so uh, one thing with all of this, I guess, Tell me more about like Tejas and how Tejas software and products uh, can help all these businesses that are going through all this uh, rearrangement, reconfiguration, uh, reintegrations and streamlining processes. How, how, do, how can you guys help them? Like if, if they're interested in, in looking at some potential possibilities, what are some good scenarios that you can give me that you've done with some clients uh, that give them a really more cost-effective process? Absolutely. Data uh, Software has been working with retailers for more than 15 years, and we have worked in every aspect of uh, the fulfillment cycle and also the ordering cycle. Um, we implement, uh, you know, uh, different e-commerce platforms and uh, build the e-commerce websites. Mm-hmm. And the other real uh, uh, positive. Oh, sorry and, to interrupt, uh, Sampath, Just to make sure it's clear for everybody out there and for myself. So you guys primarily focus in WMS, OMS, and in web development. Am I am I correct? In in kind yes, of summary? That is correct. Um, yes, okay. that is correct. We are an end-to-end solution provider for you know supply chain uh, mm-hmm. and especially fulfillment. Right. Once the order is placed in the website. Um, all the systems that we have work together to pull the orders from the website, uh, take it through your normal order order uh, cycle, and also to the warehouse management system and where they will be able to pick and pack. And the real advantage that we have with our systems is that they are end-to-end solutions. You don't have to look for multiple providers. And the WMS system that we have can be used in a, in a typical or a traditional DC 
or warehouse and it can be used by uh, uh, stores shipping and uh, delivering to customers and it can be used as a combination but more uh, you know uh, more, more especially it can be used for dropship options too so our wms and uh, the oms and the purchase order management system can work very closely very tightly to make sure all these things are automated and you get a, a lot of efficiency out of these processes that you need to go through to fulfill an order so one thing that i always tell our clients and the retailers or people who we talk to is you have to spend money to get an order which is on the website the e-commerce website you have to do marketing you have to do conversions you have to do all kinds of stuff all right but yeah yeah you have your, to spend your money right? dollars right represent dollars every every customer right. spends absolutely and when you where you can really save money or where you can actually make some money is on those back end systems where you have efficient processes and systems in play you will be able to spend less money to fulfill the order that means more money to your pocket so this is where exactly where you would be able to save money and that is in your control as long as you have the right system in place you will be able to control the cost that you spend to fulfill those orders which is very very important from a customer perspective because what happens after the order is placed is the experience that is going to have the customer come back to you over and over so order management wms all play a vital uh, role in the fulfillment process and your customer satisfaction if you don't have satisfied customers they are not going to come back all the dollars that you spent getting them into your website is going to go for a waste because they you already lost the customer after the initial order so it is really really important that people think about these things as a holistic solution so and also our solutions are all cloud based and it can be uh, implemented in a record time we just had a big brand go on our platform within 8 weeks of time which is a record from what i can see and they had about four eight, brands going to our weeks, system eight weeks time frame yes absolutely oh you know, i know this wow. sounds unreal that amazing that sounds unreal but that's the kind of challenge we were thrown by this brand and they had a real time uh, you know limit on when they can switch over so mm-hmm. it kind of you know came to a situation whether we can rise up to the situation so we did rise up to the situation they are live on our platform and that is really making us uh, really really happy because we were able to help somebody and yeah, that's no, the absolutely. kind of systems that and we have built sorry to stop you there but let me i'm just trying to wrap my head around 8 weeks i mean that sounds insane for any all of you guys out there you guys have done implementations of any type of platform right whether it's erp wms and you know pos you name it i mean 8 weeks is completely unheard of so when you say 8 weeks just to make sure for all the people out there are you talking just about the integration and implementation process or are you also including uat and deployment and everything else yeah it it includes everything from the time that we got the you know specification to uh-huh. them going live so from the day you signed the sow till the day you went live we're talking 8 weeks yes 8 weeks wow well that that is just amazing let me let me i mean my hats off to you and to your team 
that sounds you. superb. You know, I, for all of you guys listening out there, I mean, if I know retail is always in a time crunch. I know right now is more of a time crunch than any other time. So, I mean, if you want to talk to somebody that can make it happen, you know, overnight, I think Sampath and his team are definitely the guys to go with. Um, and Sampath, so talking about that, sorry to have interrupted you. Let me let me let you go back to your flow. I, I was just in complete awe when you said eight weeks. I needed to really emphasize and understand that. So absolutely, yeah, you called it right, uh, Carlos. I have seen implementations go on for months and months, sometimes years. Yeah, years. Absolutely. And it also depends on the complexities. But in our situation, we had to pull orders from multiple e-com platforms. It's just not one. And uh, we were constantly, you know, discovering stuff and uh, taking care of stuff. Wow. The flexibility and the scalability we have uh, uh, with our platforms made it really uh, easy for the customer to depend on us for every problem that either their customer teams threw out or any other partners have thrown at us. When you say multiple e-commerce platforms for this particular client, I know you can't say any names. We're all antsy now. We all want to know who it is, right? Get some references there. But uh, for when you talk about multiple e-commerce platforms, I'm assuming it's a client that has multi-brands and they have uh, different websites that they're doing fulfillment through all of those different ones. Am I correct in that? Yeah, that is correct. They have multiple brands. Um, it is in running in multiple website platform and they have multiple uh, 3PL, which is uh, the fulfillment uh, providers. So the order has to go, you know, come from all these four websites. And uh, we are also, uh, you know, talking about more websites, more brands coming onto the platform. It mm -hmm. is going to add two more e-commerce platforms to the mix. So we at the end of this first phase, we will have four e-commerce platforms pushing orders to our order management system. Mm -hmm. And that has to be sent to three different fulfillment uh, partners. So all these things happens and all the brand CSR will be using the OMS for customer service, uh, reship, return, exchange, uh, appeasement, all those things will happen on our platform. And the good thing is each brand, when they log in, they will only see orders for their own brands. It will not, even though it is one organization that has uh, taken the licensing, when mm -hmm. the CSRs from individual brands log into the system, they will only see orders for their brands. Wow, that is amazing. So, so it's in essence functioning as if your client had gone in business and bought four or five different licenses for each one of their sub companies, right? Or sub retail stores uh, through e-commerce. And so that same process flow that you would see with any other product provider from an OMS standpoint and having to buy the four licenses so that each team member that's associated to each sub brand uh, can only see their areas, pretty much you guys put it all together under one license package. So great cost, great timeline and a complete efficiency. And, and then when you're talking about integration, I mean, I can only assume that you guys can do such a quick integration because you're not the typical providers that say, yeah, yeah, we're fully integrated. But really what it is, is that you guys kind of 
bought a bunch of different softwares out there and then you slowly started integrating them, right? I'm assuming you guys build everything from the ground up and everything is truly and seamlessly uh, integrated with each other. Am I, am I right in, in perceiving things like that? Yeah, that, absolutely. And uh, you know, like you said, you know, people say, hey, you know, just put this software for talking to this system and have this software for talking to another system. We have a platform that can, you know, holistically approach and uh, uh, take care of some of these challenges in a way that we have seen over the last 15 years. So when we built the product, we put a lot of efforts and thinking into how we want to structure it. So one, it is easier to get data out of the system and also export data out of the system the way it, you know, it needs to be. And it is not putting a lot of development efforts or a lot of uh, timeline, uh, add a lot of timeline to this process. So we were able to uh, take advantage of the efficiency that we built into the platform. So that became a reality when we were given this challenge. We loved this challenge. You know, we are not complaining at all because, you know, hey, you know, this is what we have been waiting for. A good challenge, a big challenge that we can really, you know, ride high. Thank you so much, Empath. And uh, I, I would love to have you back, you know, sometime soon. Thank you, Carlos. Uh, I really appreciate you guys doing this uh, at this juncture, and uh, this will be more valuable to listeners uh, who are in the retail space. Thank you, guys, and uh, have a nice weekend. If you would like to participate in the Retail Corner conversation, please sign up via email at retailcorner at proxima360.com or sign up on our website at proxima360.com. So thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys next week. Stay safe and have a great weekend.